thinking about the community of Knoxville going viral. And I was thinking a legitimate question as they're seeing our new sign outside. They're hearing about relaunch. But there's a question, I believe, that is inside of people's spirits as they look not just at our church, but at the landscape of Christianity today. They're asking a question, and they want to know, where's the beef? And the Lord has really put on my heart today and for this morning. Are we a church that is all about the bun and the condiments and, 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 and we, can, we can have all of the techniques of church growth and do all of those kinds of things, but do we have the beef of what it means to be a church? In the Old Testament, there was a prophet, Jeremiah, whose job was to prophesy over the destruction of Israel, and his very criticism of Israel at the time was that they were all bun and no beef. He says this in Jeremiah chapter 8, the harvest is past, the summer is ended and we are not saved. Since my people are crushed, I am crushed, I mourn and horror grips me. And then he says this, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no balm in Gilead? Are there no physicians there? Then why is there no healing for the wound of my people? Jeremiah was using this image of the balm in Gilead. The balm in Gilead was a medicinal a balm that was made in the area of Gilead where they grew these special spices that they made an ointment out of that was a healing ointment. And of course, when they had all of that medicinal herbs in that area, doctors sprung up all over that place. It was the Cleveland Clinic of its day. It was Mayo Clinic. You would go to Gilead for healing. And so what, what he's saying is, what Jeremiah says, are there no doctors at Mayo Clinic? Why aren't my people being restored? He's lamenting the, the fact that they, are, they call themselves the people of God. And yet still they are not accessing all of who God was. He was saying, where's the beef? He, he was asking, he was asking the question, we claim to be the people of God. We call him Jehovah Jireh, right? He's our provider. We call him Jehovah Nisi, our banner. We call him Jehovah Shalom, our peace. If we call him our peace, how come there's no peace in this place? We call him Jehovah Sitkanu, our righteousness. We call him Jehovah Shammah, the one who is everywhere, the omnipresent God. If God is everywhere, how come we're not experiencing more of God? We call him Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. We call him Jehovah Ra'ah, our shepherd who tenderly leads us. The Lord is our shepherd. Why are we acting like people without a shepherd? We've got God. We call him Jehovah Rapha, our healer. 
Lord, I just thank you for your word this morning. And so he says, is there no balm in Gilead? Make it alive to us today. Is there no healer here? Are there no physicians? Then why are my people not being healed? We call ourselves the children of God. Why aren't we doing better than we are? Where's the beef? We're praying, Lord, for renewal in our city and in our nation and in the world. When Jesus comes on the scene, he, he comes not bringing... Um, meaningless religion. He comes not bringing symbolism, but he comes bringing substance. He heals the sick. He sets free those who are bound by the devil. He forgives sins. He cuts through the facade of religion and produces a movement of people who are being transformed by the power of God. But you know, when Jesus ascended, imagine that, you're with Jesus and everywhere he goes, people are being healed and and God is doing great things. Must have been an exciting thing. But Jesus ascends. He says, I'm going to come. I'm going to send my Holy Spirit. But between that ascension and between his coming, it's like a power outage. You may be seated. Have you ever been in a power outage? I kind of had to explain this term. Just before church. Maybe the Lord was demonstrating this for us this morning. Just before church, after rehearsal this morning, all the lights and the sound went out. We told Byron, get ready on your acoustic guitar. We may be needing it today. And then the power came back on. Most of us have experienced that little frustration where we're at home and you're because watching your favorite TV show and from when I was a right kid when, you know, the main the character's in trouble, sort of the power viral. goes out and you don't know what happens to it. Can you remember some of them? Elka-Seltzer, right? And then that's a little Plop, deal, but fizz, have you ever been in a longer fizz, power right? outage? Uh, how about... Uh, the year was 2009. It was March. And I held. Tell me it was May the 9th. Shake and bank. That I had was, just been to the Southern Illinois University uh, commercial back in the day, but there's one that came to my mind this week, and we were going to and, the Newell House, like, the restaurant, really to celebrate. Word that I think that God with some of the graduates. To share with our congregation today. We could see that a storm seemed to be brewing, but we thought asked, not much of it. After all, it was springtime. After it. After the Newell House is a restaurant that has full-length windows, and we were, were not eating our lunch. And as we were eating lunch, we noticed that the branches started moving bun and very little burger. back and forth. And then we noticed that they were moving more than we'd ever yet. noticed them moving <laughs> before. The beef, exactly. and that's the we could begin today. to hear the wind even inside ahead. the restaurant. And then suddenly there was a crack, and we saw a tree come down and and fall on a car that was on the street, driving down the street. At that very moment, the lights went out, and uh, they asked us to go down into the basement. For some reason, I guess because we're a sparsely populated area, it didn't get much national news. But our little area in southern Illinois experienced a very rare event called an inland hurricane. It wasn't a tornado, but inland we had winds of over 100 miles an hour. And in that short storm, trees, huge trees, didn't just have branches come down, but they were pulled up by the root balls and they were laying over on its side. The state park where I used to do my running in the morning was completely closed down because The roads were strewn. When we finally were able to leave the basement of the Newell House, 
It was like an obstacle course trying to get back to our house. There was no power in Carbondale, the town that we were at, and we were seven miles away in Murfreesboro. There was no power there. There was no power in southern Illinois. As, as people started using their cell phones and figuring out what was going on, it became clear that, that um, this was not going to be a normal you're without power for two hours and the lights are coming back on. We had a young man in our town who had a grandfather who went down into the basement. He came upstairs to check if the storm was over. When he opened his basement door, a tree came down into their house through the, the, the roof of that kitchen and knocked him down the stairs and killed him. His grandson came to our church the very next Sunday. It was the first time we ever saw him. And a few Sundays ago, he came and visited me and he was working the sound booth that Sunday we had him. Derek it was his grandfather that died during that storm. Our church... Suddenly I called the mayor of the city and we became a command post and the city brought generators down to our church and we um, began feeding people and it was interesting to watch because we weren't without power for a day, we were without power for days. And the first day your needier people in town came for dinner. By day three, the attorneys and doctors were showing up for dinner. Nobody had power. Everybody was reduced to the, to, the same, to, to the same level. I believe that went on for five days in our city where we became a command post. My basement flooded because our sump pump was broken. Life became difficult without power. The reason I'm sharing that this morning is because to me it's a good picture of what I think we sometimes see in the, in the American church today. We have access to the Holy Spirit. We have access to all that God is. But we're living as if the lights have been turned off. We're hunkered down as we were during that storm that I was in where we all huddled together and we just had a survival mentality. And, you know, I think sometimes the church has a survival mentality. We come together and we, 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 we talk about Jesus coming and we, we get in our little huddles and, and we talk about how bad it is outside and how bad the storm that's raging is going on. And, oh, if Jesus would just come back and take us away, everything would be all, all right. I really feel that God's challenging me with a question this morning and he would ask us today, where's the beef? I sent my Holy Spirit. I sent, I sent the power of God. I, I, I gave you access to all that I am. I sent my presence to be with you. You're acting as if my presence is not here. I sent healing in this house. And Sometimes the church feels so anemic that all we can do is pray for comfort and pat one another on the back and say, 
Oh, brother and oh, sister, I'm sorry this is going on. And let me just tell you something. I'm not talking crazy theology this morning that I believe that if you're prayed for it necessarily means that you'll be healed. But I do believe this morning that God has the ability and the power and he's present to heal. I do believe this morning that we have access to more power than we often take advantage of. So one of the things that I believe as we talk about going viral, thank you very much, Bill. As we talk about going viral, if we're going to do that, I believe that we've got to be tapped into the power and the presence of God. Do you believe that this morning? Martin Luther said it this way, if we did we in our own strength confide, our striving would be losing. We're not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. Dost ask, ask who that may be? Christ Jesus, it is He. Lord Sabaoth His name, from age to age the same, and He must win the battle. So what is the power of God? We're talking about having accessing the power of God. I think there's a lot of crazy theology about that today. I think I think that you know we think that having access to the power of God means that you have to shake and drool and roll on the floor and do all those kind of things. And I'm not saying that God you might not shake if you get under the power of God that might happen, but I don't think that's what the power of God's all about. This morning there's power in these rooms, in, the, in, in this room, and the power is being directed through wiring to light the lights in this building. It's not just a crazy exposed wire that's making you shake, but that, but that power is being used to bring light to this room. That power is being used to amplify the sound of my voice today. That power is being used to show words up on the screen uh, while we're singing this morning. That power is being channeled. I want to say this morning that we have access to the power of God, and there's many channels for that power that can be used to enliven His church. I'm so excited about this prayer meeting that began on this Tuesday morning. We're praying for the power of God to manifest in our church. We're praying for lost people to be found. I can't preach a message good enough to save anybody. We need the power of God. We need the power of God for sick people to be healed. I'm so glad, Ryan, that you're here this morning and and I don't want to embarrass you, but you, you, you said you want people to know because you want people praying. Ryan Cox, who's here this morning, was uh, just last Sunday um, uh, was complaining of some pain in his kidney and thinking kidney stones. And we went to the doctor. He went to the doctor and uh, diagnosed that there was a tumor there. And then through the week, the doctor said, indeed, it's cancer. And so Ryan's going to be going to, um, I believe, to Vanderbilt and uh, having that looked into further. But i got to tell you, Ryan, when I heard all that, I just felt like the Lord was challenging me with this question this morning. We just got to pat Ryan on the back and say, Ryan, just want you to know we love you, buddy. Are we going to get on our knees and seek God and say, God, we don't know what's going on here, but we believe that you have the power to touch Ryan. 
So in our prayer meeting on Tuesday, Ryan, we didn't even know the full diagnosis yet, but we were praying for you on Tuesday as as a community of believers. We're going to continue to pray for you. Don't pretend to know all that God has in store, but I believe that we serve, as we sang about today, a strong God. He's not an anemic God. We're not in a power outage, hunkering down, wondering if we have any help this you know, just, just sort of between Jesus was here and Jesus comes back that we're in this giant power outage. He sent His Holy Spirit. And in Acts eight, He said, You will receive the Greek word dunamis. You will receive dynamite. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So I think it's a fair question. It's a fair question that Knoxville should be asking us right now. Where's the beef? Okay, you're just gonna be a, you're just gonna be a church with good music and good coffee, and get out before the Baptist church so we can beat them to lunch. Come on, this church is gonna go viral. I want to see lost people saved. I want to see bound people delivered. I want to see sick people healed by the power of God. Amen. Amen. So what, 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 what do I see as the beef as I read in the book of Acts? What is the beef of this early church? One thing that the beef was that Acts indicates it was miracles, signs, and wonders. Acts chapter 2, verse 2 said, Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs. You know, I think God heals people sometimes not just to make them better, because frankly, we're all going to be better one day. God does it sometimes for a sign to show His glory, so that what? So that lost people will come to Jesus. So miracles, signs. We say we're a Spirit-filled church. What does that mean? That we sing contemporary music? Lord, I hope not. It means that we believe that the same God who, was, who, who parted the, 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 the waters of the Red Sea, the same God uh, who was with Jesus when He performed miracles, is with us today. That's what it means. So if we have all the planning and the structures and the music, the sermons to make us a nice and respectable church, we're going to be nothing without the power of God. I was with my great uncle this week. I took a quick trip, Natalie and I did, to northern Illinois for a choir concert for my, my choir director that made such an impact on me. He was retiring. But I got to see my 97, almost 8-year-old grandfather. Saw my great uncle who had been in a terrible car wreck. He's in his 70s. Last time I saw him, he was on a walker and everything. He was just moving around. He was, he was, and he'd been that way for six months to a year and, and and he goes, did you hear about my healing? I said, no. He said, we went to church and said the power of God was there. And he said, the guy that was speaking said, hey, Grandpa, come on up here. Or he called him Pops. Hey, Pops, come on up here. And uh, he said, what's wrong with your lower back? And he told him about that accident. He prayed for him. My, my great uncle said, I have no more pain. I'm walking well today. 
I don't understand why, I don't know how God does what it, and I don't even think it's my job to have to figure all of that out. I don't think if you have enough faith, you'll be healed, and if you don't, you won't be healed. The Bible says it just takes the faith of the grain of a mustard seed, right? I believe that God is God, and He does what He wants to do, and doesn't ask our permission, but I do believe that God delights in touching people and, and showing up in places where He's welcome where people say, God, we just confess that without you, we're nothing and we need your power in this place. At the end of my first year at Life Church, I just want to say, Life Church, we need Jesus for what's the days that are ahead. We're going to need the power of God. We're not just looking to grow people by uh, taking people from the neighboring churches. We want to see people who are outside of these doors today, as lost as can be this morning, that come in and are transformed under the power of God. So where's the beef? It's miracles, signs, and wonders. Where's the beef? I believe it's sound biblical teaching. I hope that in this first year you've learned from me that we're going to be people of the book We're not going to be faddish when it comes to what's the latest thing on Christian television and get our, you know what I'm talking about, get our theology from that. But we're deeply rooted in the Word of God. My commitment to you from this pulpit is that you're going to hear the unadulterated Word of God from this place. We're going to be a Word church. We're a church that still takes seriously the Word of God. That the Word of God can change your life. And that's what you're going to hear from this pulpit. And when people come here, I want them to say, when they say, where's the beef? They're going to be fed the Word of God. Do you believe that this morning? The Bible says in the book of Acts that they continued in the apostles' teaching in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. So we're going to be a teaching church. And it's not going to just be about making nice speeches and all that kind of thing. We are going to bring the Word of God. And then the last thing when, when I think where's the beef that people have a right to ask about our church is, is our church really concerned about our community and our world? In other words, we say that we're the people. Are we just talking the talk? Or do we really care about What's happening in the world around? Are we just trying to grow a church here? Are we trying to be good neighbors here in Inskip and Norwood and Fountain City and in Knoxville? The Bible says in the book of Acts that one reason that that they were a church where, where the question, where's the beef, could be answered. Yes, there's beef here. They said they enjoyed the favor of all the people. In other words, that church was concerned with their neighborhoods. They were concerned with their world. And even people who were not Christians, they had favor with them because they said, you know, we may not believe what they're selling, but these guys are, are walking the talk. They're not just talking it out. They're, they're walking the talk. So one of the things that I've loved about this church when I came here, Bethesda, Christian Fellowship as we were called, this, this is the little church that could. I have so much respect for the people that were here when I got here and, for, and pa- Pastor Bagwell that preceded me. Last church, we were having a hard time figuring out how we gave as much to missions as we did on, uh, on as little as our budget was. But 
unbelievable what this church did last year in the area of world missions, caring about our world. And not only did we send money, we sent people. We had people that went. Daniel and Jennifer to Africa. Several of the others went to Croatia uh, this last year. We're at a time right now, and you've heard me raising money for our relaunch, and that you know we've got to have that for our budget. But you know, the Lord kind of challenged me with this this week. Your neighbors in Oklahoma City are hurting right now. Could we do something about that? This morning, I don't want you to redirect your tithes and offerings to Oklahoma City. We still need your tithes and offerings to do what we need to do here. But if the Lord's blessed you, I want to ask you this morning, would you consider, go to the next slide if you would. We're a part of a a church planting movement called ARC, the Association of Related Churches. This is another church starting just like we did in Oklahoma City. They're an ARC church, and they're one of the ground zero churches for helping out in this tornado disaster relief in Oklahoma City. They're raising funds, and they're bringing water, and they're bringing housing to those who are not housed, and uh, they're doing practical building projects. That's an ARC church just like we are. So I got a letter from ARC this week saying, hey, would any of our ARC churches consider contributing to one of three uh, churches that are heavily involved in this project. And so I picked out the closest one to Ground Zero, this church in Oklahoma City called Church of the Harvest. So this morning as you give, if you have any extra to give that you want to give, we'll give 100% of what you designate as tornado relief to the Church of the Harvest who's in Oklahoma City that's uh, on Ground Zero. Um, taking care of the physical and spiritual needs of the people that are there at this time. Just a moment, we're going to to take up our morning tithe and offering. But before we do, I just want to say this morning that um, I don't know what brought you here this morning, but maybe, maybe you today want to give your life to Jesus. Something's happened to you this morning that the Holy Spirit has drawn you and you just say, today's my day. I want to uh, give my life to Jesus today. I want us all to bow our heads and close our eyes right now if we would. I'm just going to ask this morning, if that's you, would you mind raising your hand and say, today I just want to give my life completely to the Lord this morning, not because of a sermon I heard or a song that was sung, but I just experiencing God today, and I believe that today is my day. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? There's others of you here this morning that would like to join me in believing that we're going to be a church where there's beef, right? Miracles, signs, and wonders, biblical teaching, And there's going to be a church that cares about its community and its world. If you're with me on that, would you just raise your hand this morning all over this building? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Would you just repeat this prayer after me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for life, church. We thank you for what you're doing. But we confess that we need you. 
this is not our work. This is not our project. We need the Holy Spirit. So come, Holy Spirit. Heal the sick. Save the lost. Deliver those that are bound. Touch our community. Touch our world. In Jesus' name, amen. While the ushers are coming to receive the offering, I've asked Noah to sing in the praise team if you just join him right now. It's a song I don't think we've done it here before, but it's called, I Believe That You Are My Healer. And I'm asking this morning, after you've had an opportunity to give, if you'd like special prayer this morning, I just want to invite you to come forward and we're going to pray for you. We're just going to believe that God's in this house and that he's able to touch whatever your need is this morning. So God, we just pray for this offering as people give this morning. We ask that you'd bless them. We thank you for the way that you're you're taking care of the needs of life, church. But this morning we look outside of ourselves and as we're a blessing, Lord, to this effort in Oklahoma City, we just ask in the name of Jesus that you would use our church along with thousands all over the all over the world today, Lord, that are contributing, Lord. I pray that people will see that Jesus made a difference, Lord, in Oklahoma City. We just pray, Lord, that in the aftermath of all of that disaster, Lord, that there would be a rush of the Holy Spirit, not only in monetary aid, Lord, but I just pray for a refreshing. I pray for every pastor who's ministering there today. The Holy Spirit would use them, Father, in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said amen. Amen. As we sing this morning, if you have any special need this morning, I invite you to come. Some of you that pray, Valerie, would you would you just come on up this morning? And Melanie, if you'd come. Those of you that pray, Coy, your prayer, man of prayer, Larry. I believe that you're my healer. I believe you are all
I believe you're my portion. I believe. 